I'm Chris McDonough, a retired homicide detective. I've interviewed thousands of people, from serial killers to ministers. Welcome to the interview room. Welcome to the interview room, everybody. Time to take a seat. As always, coming to you from an undisclosed location. If you enjoy real crime and mystery, you've come to the right channel. At TIR, we follow the evidence wherever it takes us on a case. All parties are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. And all Indians are welcomed here. We only ask one thing. You keep it classy and factual. Thank you always to our mods, our members and subscribers. Without each of you, we can do nothing. Together, we can move mountains and bring justice for victims and families. We've got a great show for you. Tonight's guest, regional agent in charge of the missing and murdered unit for the BIA, Justin M. Hooper. This is a great man, America. And he's a good friend. He and his team are doing amazing things for the Bureau of Indian Affairs. You're going to hear it firsthand this evening. So grateful to have Justin here with us. So without further ado, let's get into it. Justin, good evening. Hey, Chris, how's it going? How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, usually yeah, you uh, when good. cops end up on YouTube, it's not a, it's not for a good reason. So uh, it's a welcome change uh, to be here under some uh, good circumstances for once. Well, we appreciate you being here, and we know that uh, you know you guys are doing amazing things uh, in uh, your unit, and so you know we're gonna. We're going to do a couple of things here. I kind of want to lay the groundwork for our, our listeners, right? We've taken out uh, any kind of donations this evening because we don't want any conflict of interest or anything like that for BIA or anything. Uh, and so we're here to talk about uh, the missing and murdered unit as well as the indigenous 
uh, people that you represent. Uh, you're Sue, am I right? Correct. Yep. Uh, grew up on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation uh, in South Dakota. I'm an enrolled member of the Oglala Sioux Tribe, uh, Oglala Lakota Nation. Awesome. Yeah. So let's let's break this down a little bit. I'm gonna, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get? Uh, well, first of all, we just spent the last you know couple of about the week together here, uh, and uh, we don't have to tell them where we are, but. Uh, uh, the, if, did you enjoy any of the training? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. How did the training go? What do you? Cooper's amazing. Yes. Kind of lost you for a second, Chris. But I, I think I, uh, I think I picked up what you said. Yeah, it was uh, it was phenomenal training. Um, got a lot out of it. The team really enjoyed it. Um, we had a lot of dialogue after hours about the training. Uh, I could tell uh, the group was really excited about it. Awesome. Big awesome. shout out to Mizell. She was a big hit this week too. Well, you know, I'm just a small chip in a very large bag. That's how it uh, how it always rolls, right? Um, That's right. So let, let's uh, tell everybody a little bit about your background. How did you get into um, you know doing what you were doing and your role uh, in the uh, MMU? Sure. So, like I said, I grew up on Pine Ridge. Uh, I actually bounced back and forth between. Uh, Nebraska and Pine Ridge. Uh, my dad's family was from Nebraska. My mom's family was from the res. Um, my stepdad was uh, in law enforcement. Um, he spent uh, a lot of years in law enforcement and uh, ultimately uh, retired as the captain of internal affairs for the Oglala Sioux tribe um, when I was in high school. And uh, I think, well, you know, and you and I have discussed this and, you know, I think uh, law enforcement is a calling. It truly is, you know, and, and, uh, you know, maybe you don't understand it when you're younger. Um, and, you know, I didn't right away, at least. So I went to college and, uh, you know, majored in uh, environmental science and engineering. And, but I always had this draw towards uh, law enforcement. So when I was 23, I dove right in, um, got into law enforcement, started as a tribal officer in Pine Ridge and then moved uh, and was a deputy sheriff uh, and a city police officer and a detective uh, for a while. I kind of knew from the moment I got into law enforcement that uh, investigations is where my heart was. Um, I just enjoyed doing investigations more than uh, the patrol work. I mean, it was, you know, hats off to the to the guys out there working the beats and stuff. Patrol work is tough, and it's that's the backbone of all of law enforcement is patrol work. That's where, you know, a lot of our good intel uh, comes from and our knowledge. So, but uh, I just decided uh, when I was about um, 28, 29, And at uh, the next um, about 10 years working uh, violent crimes and then drugs, um, I was fortunate to be able to go back home, uh, work that area. Now, and, where's uh, home? What what, uh, uh, what reservation were you raised on? Pine Ridge, Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, uh, the Oglala Sioux Tribe, which is in the southwest South Dakota, um, just uh, east of the Black Hills. Um beautiful little area there, uh, kind of isolated, you know, like a lot of our reservations, uh, especially in the north there, but it'll always be home for me. So. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. Um, so I think, I don't know if it's you or me, but back up. Um, and so let's, you know, your role, 
Now, and break down uh, some of the misunderstanding about Operation Lady Justice and, and all of that stuff. How, how is this, uh, you know, to break that down a little bit, Justin, for folks? Sure. So uh, 2019, there was an executive order uh, which created Operation Lady Justice. And the whole purpose of Operation Lady Justice was to, uh, I think, address missing and murdered Indigenous people. Um, we realized, uh, the Department of Justice realized, everyone kind of in, in federal law enforcement uh, knew that there was an issue. Um, there was a lot of uh, a lot of natives that were going missing, a lot of unsolved homicides, both in Indian country and uh, off Indian country. And there's a lot of jurisdictional issues um, when it comes to uh, law enforcement in Indian country. And so uh, out of uh, Operation Lady Justice uh, came the, you know, at first the cold case unit, what eventually became the missing and murdered unit to address uh, a lot of those issues and to kind of try to be a gap, um, you know, from the jurisdiction to non-jurisdictional side of, of, of these cases and, and uh, you know, to provide some resources and especially to provide some provide some investigators uh, that would be able to work some of these cases and then work with, uh, you know, not even if we're not working directly, but indirectly work with the agencies that are working these cases and offer them resources and training and um, stuff to help uh, address this issue. Yeah. So um, how big is the problem? It's big. Um, and, and to be frank, we don't fully grasp uh, how big it is. We don't uh, we know we don't accurately have uh, an exact count of how many missing and, and unsolved murders there are um, both Indian country and uh, off Indian country. So, you know, that's part of the issue. Um, and uh, I'll give a little shout out to the FBI on here. They've done some great work, especially in New Mexico, on uh, putting together a database for missing persons. But even with that, you know, we only know what's reported. So uh, part of the problem is a lot of our relatives, a lot of our friends, a lot of our community members will, you know, move off the reservation and disappear. And uh, if no one reports them missing, you know, they can disappear for decades and no one will know. So, you know, that was one of the issues that we, you know, we identified early on was the fact that we had so many of those cases. And, um, you know, so it's it's never been the chore for accurately uh, accounting how many missing and murder we have has is, is, is been, uh, you know, pretty tough. Yeah, there's a lot of estimates, but they're 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 not concrete numbers. I think exactly. you know when I checked the, the BIA website and the DOJ website, there's like 1,500 estimate here in the U.S. And then I know the Canadian side. Yeah, has and I, I believe that's just women. That's not even accounting men. If I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh wow. I did so, not yeah. know that piece. Yep. Wow. And yeah, and in the same, you know, Alaska natives, you know, it's, yeah, the numbers are, are pretty shocking, especially when you consider how small a percentage of the total population you know, us natives make. Wow. And so for the first time in history, your team was put together uh, consisting only of Native Americans, right? I mean, you, you, you I mean, this is like a, a historical event that's taken place here yeah you know everyone on our team right now is is native everyone on our team uh you know is uh, an enrolled member of a a federally recognized tribe um but that's kind of the nature of the bureau of indian affairs um we have any preference for our our with our hiring and uh 
So most of our employees are um, not all, but most of the employees in the Bureau of Indian Affairs are uh, are native uh, native people. Awesome. Which leads me into the next question. Uh, tell us a little bit about the BIA. Sure. So the Bureau of Indian Affairs has been around for a long time. Um, the origins of the BIA are not so great, uh, especially if you talk to uh, a lot of the, the a lot of the tribal communities. Um, but the law enforcement uh, portion of the BIA started about 1869. Um, and the purpose was to create uh, uh, a police force that was, you know, of the people, uh, for the people, uh, so to speak. And uh, from there, we grew um, into uh, some specialized units. We have drug enforcement. We have internal affairs. We have missing and murdered unit. Those are our, our, our uh, specialized uh, units. And then we also have major crimes investigators at uh, all of our uh, programs, 638 programs, where we have criminal investigations. Um Indian country is very unique. There are a couple of different types of jurisdictions. Um, you know, in the places where we have exclusive jurisdiction, it's uh, called Public Law 638. Um, I couldn't tell you how many Public Law 638 tribes there are, but uh, there are several. Uh, there's quite a few of them, uh, and they tend to be bigger tribes. So uh, we provide law enforcement services to a lot of the, the PL 638 tribes, um, patrol, dispatch, uh, corrections, uh, criminal investigations. And then we also have blended programs where we, you know, we either uh, have the patrol and correction side of it, or maybe just patrol, um, or maybe just corrections, or we have just uh, criminal investigations. And uh, the tribe has exercised self-governance and taken over part of the program. And uh, and then we have you know oversight of some of the other tribes, tribal law enforcement programs where they've uh, exercised self-governance and they have control of all the programs. So. Uh, we have a unique mission, uh, the Bureau of, Indian Affairs Off- Bureau of Indian Affairs Office of Justice Service has. And then, you know, like I said, within that, we have three specialized units, which my unit is is one of. So are you under the umbrella of, of OJS? Correct. Yep. We are, uh, we are part of the Office of Justice Services. Okay. Uh, interesting. And in total, let's, uh, let's dive into a little bit of your unit. Uh, first of all, tell me about your team. How did you guys all come together? So, like I told you, we started off as a cold case unit. And then in 2020, uh, under now Secretary Deb Holland, uh, we decided to really just focus on not just uh, unsolved homicides, but also uh, missing persons cases. So, um, you know, we've, you know, we, we hired a new unit chief after that. And then, uh, uh, several agents since then. Um, and we were pretty fortunate. We had some really great applicants uh, for these positions. Um, I love my team. We have a phenomenal team. I cover right now from Anchorage to Michigan, a uh, huge, huge area. Um, so naturally with that, you know, comes the uh, resource strain, uh, trying to cover uh, all of Indian country in those in those states. But I have a great team and I can't say enough good things about them. Um, They've worked some phenomenal cases and uh, they've done a great job of building relationships with uh, departments um, off Indian country, especially uh, to try to help uh, us meet these objectives uh, when it comes with these uh, these referrals that we're getting. Um, But, yeah, I have uh, one agent in Alaska right now, uh, one in Washington State, uh, two, three in Montana, three in Montana, one in North Dakota. Uh, one in South Dakota, one in Minnesota, and uh, we're going to be increasing uh, pretty significantly here, almost doubling the size of our unit. 
hopefully that continues. Um, and I look to uh, add, uh, especially to Washington State, Montana, and the Dakotas, we really need uh, more bodies there. Um, we have a lot of referrals coming in from Washington State in particular. Um, there's a lot of Native people in the state of Washington. There's a lot of uh, Indian country in Washington. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Indian country is a, is a federal term. It's codified in the United States Code. So when we talk about uh, Indian country, um, it's a legal definition term. Um, so that's why we say it that way. But yeah, uh, you know, there's been, uh, I think, to date, 538 is a Monday, and I think we've had a couple since I was in the North region. Okay, you kind of, you froze up there just for a sec. You say that one more time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want the audience to miss that that point. You just sure, made, you I, froze right when you said it, to date, and then okay. you froze. Go ahead. Right. So to as of Monday of last week, we had 538 referrals. Um, wow. And I I'm, I know for a fact we've had at least one since then. I think we've had a couple more since then. Um, as you're aware, Chris, I've been uh, with uh, you guys in training and uh, uh, locations unknown. Um, but I think we're over 540 referrals uh, just in the uh, you know two years that we've really been operational. So um I mean, it, it's good. I mean, I'm, I'm glad we get the referrals, but you can understand then the, the strain it puts on on uh, the limited staffing right now. We only have 18 agents in the whole unit. So right. uh, the more folks we can get uh, working with us, the better. Yeah. And are you do you have counterparts in Canada? By we don't know. Um, so well, how are they addressing the issues? So we've uh, we've had a few um, referrals come from Canada um to our unit and uh you know unfortunately when we get those the only thing we can do is refer refer it back to canadian law enforcement um we have we've had some interesting referrals come in um you know as look as i'm sure all of your listeners know uh crime doesn't stop at some imaginary line um you know People go missing across the imaginary lines all the time, sometimes, a lot of times willingly. And that's, you know, a lot of what uh, are how our cases originate. Um, and certainly the United States and Canadian border is no different. Um, and you have several reservations that are on on the border. Um, and those people are allowed to you know cross uh, over because they have relatives on the other side of the national border, too. So we've had some interesting uh, referrals. Um, that's probably about the best way I could sum it up right now without getting too detailed, but yeah. we've worked yeah. with uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police on some of the referrals. We've uh, worked with uh, Windsor Police, uh, law enforcement out of Quebec. Um, I know I'm forgetting some. Um, but we've started building up some relationships with some of our Canadian partners. Um, that's an area, actually, I would like to um, grow those relationships with, uh, you know, and when we work with the FBI and stuff too, you know, they have some relationships across the border as well. So, yeah, you know, some of these some of these situations as they come up, we're having to um, reach out and build partnerships that we never really had before. Um, prior to this unit, we didn't really deal a whole lot with, uh, um, you know, international things, I guess, uh, so to speak. We'd pass that off to our partners, but um, now we have those opportunities and we're able to have those conversations and those are relationships that I think we'd like to, we'd like to grow in the future. Awesome. Folks, if you're just joining, joining with us tonight, 
Uh, I have a regional agent in charge of the missing and murdered unit for the indigenous uh, missing and murdered women. Uh, Justin M. Hooper with us tonight. Uh, he is uh, a native Sioux from uh, the tribe in uh, South Dakota. And uh, he is, uh, his team has been tasked through the Bureau of Indian Affairs to, um, you know, take this on. And, and by golly, I'll tell you, these guys are, uh, they're really smart. Let me start there. Uh, and they, they are doing amazing things. We can't, they're not going to go into, we're not going to go into details on what they're doing uh, for obvious reasons, but they are making great progress. Uh, it is, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you, you just don't, you know, fall on the top of a mountain, right? You have to climb. And uh, they have been climbing mountains for quite some time. Uh, so let, let's talk about some of the background of the issues of MMIP. So, Chris, as you know, um, Native people in general uh, are victimized by violent crime at a higher rate than non-Indians. Um, in fact, uh, 80, almost well, over 84% of uh, Native women uh, and Alaska Native women uh, have experienced uh, or been victim of violent crime in their lifetime with 56% of that being uh, sexual violence. I mean, it's a huge issue in Indian country and Indian country law enforcement. Um, and frankly, it's, it's an issue we've, you know, we've been working on for decades. Um, this isn't something that happened overnight. This isn't an issue that just, uh, that just popped up, uh, you know, combine that with, uh, you know, um, unfortunately, uh, substance abuse issues. Um, you know, kind of a perfect storm of, uh, of, uh, you know, issues and, and, you know, has really become, thank God though, right. That it's become a focal point that people are talking about it now because, um, you know, almost everyone in my unit, uh, is either related to someone or has a friend or knows of someone, um, that is a, a, a victim of, uh, MMIP, uh, some. so it's we talked about it it's just uh it, it was kind of uh the quiet secret um that uh you know now at least uh is being uh you know is out there in those uh, conversations so uh you know it's you know violent crime in general is a problem uh especially in Indian country and in indigenous communities but uh you know you know missing uh missing people on top of it um both men and women and that's something I, that's a point i really want to get across to your listeners it's not just women it's men as well um you know there there are a lot of uh cases of, of unsolved homicides involving men and uh missing uh, men as well that uh, uh i don't want them to get lost in the discussion as well so that's why we use the term mmip because it really is people not just okay men. Yeah, the the, na the one, native people. one thing I wanted to uh, point out. Um, yeah, so the the murder rate for 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 uh, American Indian women and Alaska uh, Native women is ten times higher than uh, non Indians. Um, it's the third leading wow. cause of death uh, 
uh, for Native women. It's it, it's a huge issue. It, it really is. Um, and because we're such a small population compared to um, the rest of the ethnic groups, it uh, it flies you know under the radar. Interesting. And and folks, uh, I am flagging some of these questions coming by uh, for Justin. He's agreed uh, to take uh, you know some of these questions and. Um, so let's, um, what, what's the, um, what is the history, uh, in the past before they actually formed your unit? Uh, what was the history? How did things get taken care of? That's a good question. Um, so Indian country is kind of a hodge. Yeah, you're buffering. You're buffering right now, so don't worry about it. We'll we'll pick it right back up. But yeah, your your internet's buffering right now, but that's okay. Okay. Yeah, and I apologize to your listeners. I know my internet's not the great uh, the greatest right now where I'm at. You're good. But yeah, so uh, you know, it, it's it's you know, it depends really on uh, on your location, right? I mean, uh, some tribes have their own criminal investigation. Unit, primary uh, criminal investigations unit, but uh, the biggest issue, be, you know, anytime there's a homicide, it's going to get worked, right? Whether it's the FBI, the BIA, or the tribe, or the state, it, it's going to get worked. Um, and we've got some, I don't want to denigrate any of those other law enforcement agencies out there. FBI has got some phenomenal investigators. We've got some phenomenal investigators in our major crimes unit. Uh, the tribes have some phenomenal investigators. Uh, you know, a couple of my really good buddies are state investigators. Um, you know, there are phenomenal people out there working hard on these on these cases. But because of the jurisdictional issues, especially and particularly with the missing persons cases, a lot of times they just fly under the radar. You know, I mean, they'll um, you know, we have our our protocol within the BIA for you know how we handle missing persons cases, and and uh, a lot of the tribes mirror what we do um, or have something similar of their own. But you know, when we're when those missing persons cases reach that reservation line, a lot of times that communication just dies. Yeah, cooperation with other law enforcement agencies just dies, um, and it's not you know. And I get it. Some of it's a resource issue. A lot of these police departments and sheriff's offices across the country are short staffed. We're short staffed. So uh, we're all feeling the crunch. Um, but these cases, you know, tend to just, you know, you know, the, 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 the I guess the reason for, you know, searching for a missing person, looking for a missing person, investigating that missing person's case. And it's not just kind of is what it is. You know, a lot of departments are having to, you know, really, uh, you know, plug holes and dikes right now and are just doing everything they can to try to keep up. And, you know, you know, I don't I wouldn't say anyone's doing a great job of it right now. We're, we're all trying to just survive. Well, the good news is BIA saw it and they said, let's let's do something here. Let's do something. Exactly. And I know both, uh, you know, um, presidents have uh, infused, given infusions. I know President Biden just recently uh, signed some more, uh, you know, presidential orders to keep this thing moving. And you guys have just kind of restructured, uh, but you've also 
at the same time, you guys have been coming together uh, and, you know, really creating this dynamic that says, okay, we're, we're now talking over here, we're talking over here, we're talking over here, and everybody's in the same room. And for, if I understand what you're saying, for years, that was a major problem because everything would go underneath and nobody would ever catch it, okay? And it would be like, okay, well, you guys have finally caught it and now they put you your unit together. And so right. really it's pretty new, uh, but it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity as well uh, with the right leadership, which you have. And of course, you know, you being at the helm out in the field uh, with your team, uh, my understanding is almost handpick some of the team that you that you've put in, but I don't know if that's uh, accurate or not. I just heard that was a rumor. Well, I, you know, we were we were obviously we we're allowed to recruit, um, and there were quite a few people that I knew uh, when I came into the role um, that I'd worked with uh, either as agent when I was an agent uh, working in the field or. Um, I had heard from other people that, uh, you know, like, hey, you know, keep an eye on this person. He's he's doing really good things. He's got a lot of potential or she's got a lot of potential. Um, but, you know, we still have to go through the hiring process. People still have to apply. You know, whenever we have a, a vacancy, it goes up on USA Jobs and, uh, you know, people apply there. Um, but we try to really um, – pay attention during the hiring process and do a really good job of vetting and not just fill for the sake of filling, um, which, you know, you know, the staffing is tough. I, I won't, I won't lie. Uh, and I hope, uh, I hope the folks listening to the secretary's office aren't going to beat me up about this, but, uh, you know, we're doing the absolute best we can, uh, with the resources that we have, but we have phenomenal people on our team. We have, yeah, we do. Of, you, of, and, and I second that you guys, uh, you you have top notch, really smart people and uh, we did an exercise just the other day with dr martin or you guys did an exercise with dr martin and uh, who's coming on the show next week by the way she's going to be oh yeah she's she's going to be home run yeah and uh, i saw her in the chat earlier uh, yeah. but you know the fact that you that everybody has really um come together now the, so tell us tell share with the audience where folks are located around the country when you say they're in, you know, different states, but what, what tribes are they, are they from? So I have, uh, I have agents, um, right now from, uh, Cheyenne River Sioux tribe in South Dakota, um, from, uh, um, Joshua, Muskogee. Hey, Dr. Martin. Uh, some from uh, Muskogee Creek Nation out of Oklahoma, um, uh, Crow Tribe of Montana, a Blackfeet Tribe of Montana, um, Apache uh, Montana, uh, Winnebago Tribe out of uh, Nebraska. Um, oh, geez, put me on the spot. I don't want to leave anyone out. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. No, Navajo, okay. I know you had some Navajo folks because from- We do uh, down south. Yep. Yeah. In yep. the south region, uh, we have uh, uh, some agents from uh, Navajo. Um We've got some folks from the the pueblos around uh, Albuquerque that work in our unit, um, Isleta and Laguna Pueblo. Um, boy, what else? I mean, that's we kind of wide representations. Around. I mean, just right. I, and that's why I was so honored just to you know stand in front of you guys. I mean, the first time we met, 
you know, it's been almost a year ago now, right up in uh, North Dakota. And I was just like blown away because everybody was from everywhere. And it was so cool just to have everybody in the same room operating on the same cylinder. You know, we've got 1,500 women. What are we going to do? And it, it really does show the spirit that you guys project uh, into into the world. You're um, you're amazing human beings, amazing human beings. And there were some folks from the Washington tribes. Uh, I remember I saw somebody just come. Yep. Yes, uh, I have uh, one of our one of our agents is uh, Yakima from uh, Yakima tribe in Washington. Um, and you know, keep in mind we're about half of what we think we're going to be probably a year or so from now. Once we get through all the hiring process and backgrounds, um, we anticipate that we are probably going to be, hopefully, God willing, we'll be uh, at least double in size. Um, you know, within uh, a year or so. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a, you know, there's still there's such a need, such a need, Chris. Um, you know, and then this is the first time, you know, I've been in law enforcement for close to 20 years, um, yeah. almost all of it exclusively in and around Indian country. And, you know, our unit was the first of a kind. Uh, no one else had done this before. And we started from absolute scratch. I mean, we created something that didn't exist. And uh, I hope, I, I think, and I feel good, I feel confident that uh, we show that, uh, you know, um, you know, we're worth supporting, um, you know, we're worth funding and uh, we're doing great work. Um, I, and I know that confidently. I can say that beyond a shadow of a doubt. We're doing phenomenal work out there. Um, we don't get the attention because we're so small that others get, but that's fine. You know, we, uh, you know, we prefer to just uh, do the work. We don't need the glory. We don't need the attention. Um, you know, we understand that, uh, uh, you know, for some agencies they are fighting for their lives for funding and stuff. So, um, we, when we get involved in a case, it is never about the, uh, the glory of it. It's never about the attention for it. It is 100% victim centered service. That's, that's the motto we live by, uh, our unit chief Marcelino Torsman, that's something he preaches, you know, all the time. So when we developed this unit, the, you know, we, we knew going on that that had to be the mindset and that had to be ingrained in the culture of our unit was victim centered service. So, you know, that's what we strive for, um, you know, and you and I have talked about, you know, I, I, we don't do things like this often. Um, in in fact, uh, I had to beg you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. But you got permission. You ran it up the flagpole and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and folks, you know, uh, because, you know, he, Justin did do that. I mean, let's share this out to everybody because really you know, these cases get solved because people get involved and they need the information. Uh, So let's talk about your intake process um, and um, how that works. Yeah, you know, that's a great segue. Um, So our intake process, we have um, our, uh, you know, would would there be a way to share our website, Chris? It has all the intake information. Uh, You know what? Let me uh, hang on. I'm going to have to... uh, over here i know it's in the link below um and on the channel so let's see here uh, you you can keep uh chatting away there buddy while i uh go looking for the 
so for those of you listening, it's under bia.gov uh, slash service or uh, MMU slash missing and murdered unit. Um, we, uh, we take referrals via our, our website, um, via our email address, which is, uh, uh, I believe it's OJS underscore MMU at bia.gov. Um, and then we have a 1-800 number, which I'm terrible about remembering phone numbers. So uh, I apologize in advance, but it's on our website. Um, we take, we take referrals for cases that way. Now we ask that when these referrals come in, that it be a, uh, an Indian person. And again, uh, keep in mind, Indian is, is a federal codified term that we use, uh, when talking about native people who are members of federally recognized tribes. Um, so it has to be an Indian person. Um, and, uh, uh, when you send that referral to us, please leave contact name, um, name, contact information, as much information as you can get in that referral. Um, and so that goes to our, our uh, program analyst who uh, takes our intakes, logs. We log every intake um, and it gets a referral number. And then based on the location for that referral, we will assign it to an agent. That doesn't mean we're going to take the case, um, you know, because of staffing uh, and uh, you know the nature of the work we do, we can't take every every referral that comes in. We just don't. We just physically cannot handle that many referrals. So what we'll do then is when we get a referral to our unit, it'll get assigned to an agent, and that agent will do an intake process. And part of that intake process is uh, screening the case for reports, um, a victimology, um, and. Uh, you know, whether or not we have jurisdiction and whether or not the, if we don't have jurisdiction, the agency that does have jurisdiction um, is uh, willing to participate in the investigation. So if we can meet certain factors um, and the victimology is, is a huge part of it, that's something that we've learned uh, last couple of years that uh, um, I think has really contributed to the success that we've had as a unit is making sure that we're doing really good victimologies. Um, the more the more information we can get, the better the chances of us staffing that case for actual investigation. So once we've made that decision that, yes, this is a case that we can work. Yes, this is a case that we will work. Um, then we'll open a case number and assign it to that agent. And then that agent will uh, put together their case and present it to the unit um, so that we can all um you know, come up with uh, ideas, brainstorm, uh, come up with avenues of investigation, uh, things like that to, to try to give us the best possible chance to solve that we can. So I've got the, I've got it up here and you just mentioned, what would you like to do? So, yep. and folks can go to BIA, actually the links uh, below uh, after uh, this program today, you'll see it in there to get to this page. But uh, you want to break this down so viewer missing murdered cases, uh, submit a tip, report. Uh, it's all here, right, Justin? This is where everybody goes. Yep, exactly. Yep, we have the tip four one one line. So if you want to be anonymous, uh, you can submit a tip to our our unit uh, via tip four one one. The information is on the web page there, uh, and it is anonymous. It can remain anonymous if you want it. If you don't want to be anonymous, you know that's fine, and that's you know. That's good because um, it you know, makes it a little easier for us if we have someone that we can actually communicate with uh, about information. But then we also have our 800 number and our email address as well. And here, here are some of the cases. I mean, there are even children. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, bear in mind, this is a fraction of, of uh, you know, the weak cases we know are out there. Um, 
So we do, we feature some of the, the cases that, uh, and these are all cases that we're working. These are just um, cases that uh, are out there and the family members wanted their uh, uh, loved ones profile featured on our website. So again, if there's, you know, if you're aware of a case, a missing person, unsolved homicide case involving a, a native person and, uh, you know, you're a person that can give that authorization, you want their profile featured on uh, our website, please reach out. Um, we'd be more than happy to accommodate that and uh, get that information on the website. There's some forms that have to be filled out, but Again, if you reach out, we can get that process started. Awesome. And then everybody, if you can share this out to folks that you feel uh, need to see this information, uh, you know, as you can tell, um, Justin is, and his team and the BIA, they're, do, they're doing work that um, it, it's really the universe is on schedule here. Uh, they're, for the first time ever, I... You know, there's a there's a question here is, you know, do you have any statistics of MMI, MMIPs? But we kind of went over that, but but hit it again. Looks like uh, Princess just got here. Right. So we know for we know for a fact that we have about 1500 uh, missing and murdered indigenous women. Uh, but we also know that that's a, a conservative estimate, probably a low number estimate. Um, the reality of it is, is we don't have an accurate count. Um, that's something that. Uh, we're definitely working on. Um, the FBI has done a great job, at least in New Mexico, in creating a website uh, to track uh, missing persons involving indigenous people in the state of New Mexico. Um, we worked with them. We partnered with them on that to get that uh, to get that going. Um, and so did all the tribes here and pueblos here in New Mexico. They did probably the first time I've ever seen that kind of collaboration uh, on one project amongst uh, all the stakeholders in Indian country in one state and. I know that uh, the goal is to try to replicate that um, in other states going forward. And I think once we're able to do that, uh, we'll have a more uh, clear picture, I guess, on, on how many uh, how many persons, uh, missing persons and un, uh, unsolved homicide cases that we're looking at. But the reality of it is, it's just, it's just such a hard number to um, define, I guess, because of all the different... Uh, uh, issues plaguing Indian country. I mean, you know, and it's, we failed, I guess I'd say as, uh, and I don't mean just us as in the BIA, I mean, uh, in general, society has failed in uh, you know, keeping, up, keeping up with this, but, um, you know, there are a lot more conversations going on now, I could tell you, than there was when I was growing up, you know, 20 years ago. So uh, the fact that we're even talking about this now, I think is huge step forward and, and a lot of progress. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, some of the issues that you've been that you come across, first of all, you know, you guys are developing more and more relationships with law enforcement in this. And that's crucial. Tell the audience why that's crucial. So we've had multiple instances now where we've had cases, um, re incidents referred to us. Um, and I, I would love to go into specifics. There's a couple of them that just absolutely frustrate me, and I would love to talk to all of you about it. But uh, uh, because they're still open cases, I can't discuss it. But we've yeah, run we don't into want to do that. right, yep. And I, don't, I know I know the bosses are listening, so I don't want to get myself in trouble. But uh, we've run into some stone walls um, where we've gotten referrals on incidents, and we've worked those as far as we possibly could. Um, and then we cross that imaginary jurisdictional line and we run out of jurisdiction and we reach out to 
uh, agencies in other locations and it just you know things die uh, the information dies both uh, from them and to them um, the connections are lost and uh, it doesn't at least from our perspective doesn't look like those uh, instances instances or incidents are continue to be investigated but we've also had some successes where we've done that where we've built those relationships um, you know we've had some uh, folks that had gone missing from uh, our reservations and uh, ended up in uh, more urban areas and we were able to get a hold of uh, uh, detectives investigators and patrol officers in those places and they located these people for us um, and we were able to get them home or get at least get them in connection with their family so that their family knew that they were okay um, you know and we've had some uh, you know I guess one case I know for sure we could talk about, Chris, uh, Snohomish County uh, Sheriff's Office in Washington had uh, the remains of an unidentified man. And uh, this was from a case from the 70s uh, that showed up and they they began working it. And I don't I don't want to go on the details of how they did their investigation. Frankly, I don't know the, the full story either. But I know for a fact that at one point um, they reached out to us. Um, and we were able to use uh, NamUs uh, and uh, identify uh, some potential family members um, by using familial DNA. And uh, we worked with uh, the, the Snohomish County Sheriff's Office to eventually locate a family member and identify uh, the remains of this person and get that person, you know, reunited with his family. I mean, you know, and it had been you know, 50 years since he'd gone missing. So. Um, you know, we've had some some successes, and especially in those places where we can reach across uh, that uh, jurisdictional line and uh, develop those relationships. And you know, it's something that, and I'll and I'll say, as as an agency, the BA, we always have we haven't always been the best at that either, right? So, um, you know, when we came into this unit, that was priority number one was establishing those relationships. Yeah, but you know what, Justin, I, I'm going to pat you on the back here, and I know you don't like it, but I, 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 I think it's necessary. You are the perfect front le- leader for this team because you have that gift to break those barriers down. I mean, just think about it. I mean, look what you've done just in the tribal communities, right? I mean, you're respected by your team, by your teammates, okay? And sure. I mean, you you named off, you know, every tribal group of people that have, you've got them all in the same room and you're all in sync, okay? Now, if we can just get law enforcement, I'm gonna say this, you don't have to say this, I will say this, because I'm from that other side of the coin. If we can just get them to listen to you Okay. And then, you know, cross those lines together, those bridges, okay, uh, you guys will continue to start hit home runs. And, and unfortunately, and I think this, you know, just a perfect example today, you know, a civilian came in and they just found this little girl uh, in uh, Northern California who's been missing. But that was listening, okay, and I hope the agency was involved in that decision. But listening to some, you know, some folks that had a skill set, and and that's what you bring to the table. The BIA brings a lot of skill set to the table, and it now it's just a matter of figuring out. Okay, well, how do we continue to keep these puzzle pieces together uh, on behalf of the victim? And 
you guys are the tip of the spear. And the, and I think we, re, we need to remind our viewers, this is a brand new initiative. I mean, for the first time, how long have you guys been, you know, in, in function here? Uh, operational, probably about two years. Uh, maybe it's a little over two years that we've actually been uh, operational. Uh, right. When we started out with, I think we had around 10 agents uh, to begin with, maybe a little bit more than that. And uh, it was uh, drinking from a fire hose at the start. But I I got to stop you real quick. I can't take the credit. I have phenomenal people. Uh, I agree. Both in the South region and North region that just, they work their butts off. Uh, they care. Uh, they have a, a passion for the work we do. And that's that's key, right? I mean, you know, these guys and these and these women in our unit, they, they care about what they do. Uh, our unit chief is phenomenal. Um, yes, you know, he is. He, he, when he came on board, he gave us a magnitude, uh, you know, a, a direction. Um, and, uh, you know, that's when we really started seeing, uh, you know, a lot of results. Um, because suddenly, you know, everyone could just focus on their mission at hand. He took care of a lot of the stuff that, uh, uh, you know, the field, the folks in the field didn't need to be worrying about. And, uh, you know, provided them with, uh, you know, the tools they needed and, and uh, including, you know, working with you guys on uh, uh, putting some more tools in their tool bag. So uh, we've got great people um, that in the unit and, and there are great people in law enforcement that work in the country as well. I mean, I don't want to I don't want anyone to feel like any of our partner agencies that we work with to feel like, you know, the, you know, our unit's existence is, you know, some kind of judgment on them and their work. It's not, it's absolutely not. It's 100% because uh, of the needs, right? I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, I've worked with some phenomenal investigators from uh, other agencies in my career working in Indian country. And, uh, you know, I learned from a lot of them. Uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it weren't for my interactions uh, with a lot of them. Um, but, you know, the more resources we can pour into this, the better. And, uh, you know, that's something that the secretary's office has really prioritized. And I'm really thankful to them for that. Uh, secretary Holland has been great to us. Yeah, and look, Jack and Angie, you know, this is this is the goal. And and look what look what's happening already. Wishing you the best in helping and solving these issues. Okay? And we all know that, you know, it's it's the public as they engage with BIA to have, you know, even if it's an anonymous 411 call, you know, it, it could mean the difference between, um, you know, that one little piece of information that you've been waiting for, right? And now all of a sudden it comes together. Um, so let, let's go. Um, are you okay with grab? Go ahead, say. Yeah, can you give me just one minute, Chris? I apologize. Oh. I I had too much water earlier. Uh, give yes. me just a second. I'll be right back. Yes, and I'll set up while you're doing that. Go ahead. Perfect. Sounds good. Yes. Sir. So, guys and gals, if uh, you're just joining with us tonight, um, you know we have uh, the regional agent in charge of the missing and murdered unit for the uh, BIA and um, indigenous people that are missing women and men and children. Uh, Justin Hooper. And as you can tell, he and his supervisor, uh, the unit chief, they're, they're just amazing people. And the rest of his team uh, have been absolutely just phenomenal. And over the last week, I've been up here uh, working with them 
uh, and, you know, doing some training. And these guys are in sync right now. They are, they are clicking at uh, 250 miles an hour. And it's so neat to see uh, for the first time in history uh, a group of Native Americans from various tribes across this country come together to investigate um, these cases as, as a unit. And it's so important and so necessary. There's an estimate, you know, of about 1,500 women and if not more than, I think over 5,000 estimate up in uh, Canada, uh, I may be a little bit off on that number. Um, so it's, uh, it, but it's big, it's huge. And, you know, his team is taking it on and they're doing it in, you know, what's the old saying? How do you eat an elephant? Right. One bite at a time. Bite at a time. <laughs> And uh, he's back, uh, and so great to have you here. Uh, and by the way, if uh, I also want to give you a little update. This is kind of a, a little offside here. You'll notice Buddy's not in the background here. He was having a little breathing difficulty. Uh, so Karen and I had to rush him to the vet. And he's, uh, they're going to keep him overnight for observation, so please keep him in your prayers. Um, you know, we love that little guy. Um, okay, so I think you answered this one from uh, this old nurse. Will this be in Canada? Um, I think you kind of touched on that. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, and I'm sorry I don't have an answer for you better than that. Um, I know that uh, there are some great law enforcement folks up there in Canada um, we, that we've connected with on, on a few of the referrals that we've gotten. And they care deeply and they work really hard. Um, I'm not sure what, uh, you know, what the Canadian government is going to do, um, with their law enforcement, if they're going to, you know, create any units specialized to work in this field. I imagine probably at some point something's coming, but I, I, I don't know for sure, but there are great investigators in, in Canada. Um, and if you have any referrals, you know, for them, please reach out to them. Uh, I know the, uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police have some phenomenal investigators. We've worked with a, with a few of them. I think I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Windsor uh, has a great department there, and they've got some phenomenal investigators. So um, please, if you have information related to any cases or if you have any referrals for them, uh, reach out to them. Uh, here's, a, here's a comment. Uh, why, when someone moves from the reservation and becomes missing, they don't get reported if you... Yeah, you know, that's, yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, sometimes they are um, not every time that someone goes missing. Um, is it a case where their family, you know, has lost contact with them? A lot of times they are reported right away. But, you know, like adults make adult decisions and, uh, you know, adults have that freedom to do so. Right. So, you know, when people move from community to community, when they're adults, um, you know, sometimes they lose lose contact with friends and families. You know what I mean? Time passes by, especially if somebody is, uh, 
uh, you know, suffers from homelessness. They live on the streets. Um, you know, maybe months will go by between you. There's, it's just harder, harder to have regular contact with their family in those cases because they don't necessarily have the means to have, you know, daily contact. It's not like, you know, where I, you know, I call my mom. I talk to my mom a couple of times a week. You know, um, my mom's an amazing person. So I had to put that plug out there, but you know, not everyone has those means. Say hi to, say hi to your mother because she'll yeah, never forgive me. Yeah, I know she's watching. So. Um, but not everyone has those means, you know. So sometimes it's it's months or weeks between contact with their family, and uh, then suddenly two months becomes four months, becomes a year, becomes two years, and uh, you know, you know, the family doesn't necessarily know, you know, whether this person's alive or not, and that, you know. So we get a lot of delayed reports like that. Other law enforcement agencies get a lot of delayed reports like that. Um, that's one aspect to it. Um, and, and bear in mind, it's not just Native people. I mean, that this goes for, you know, right. you know all races. They, they all have a lot of similar issues. It just, uh, it seems to be a bigger problem for Indian country. Okay, so the next question from Mimi J2, what percentage of missing go missing directly from reservations, if you know? I don't know. Um, that's a really good question. I would actually like to know the answer to that myself. Um, I guess I don't know for sure. Um, we have a large native population, obviously, that lives uh, off the reservation. Um, uh, you know, we have hub cities, um, you know, for, you know, for the tribes in South Dakota, where I come from, um, Rapid City and Denver and Minneapolis uh, are hub cities. Um, for a lot of the tribes in uh, Montana, you know, it can be Billings, it can be Spokane. Um, Washington and Oregon, it could be Seattle, Portland, Spokane, uh, you know, Idaho, Nevada, and uh, Nevada and Utah, it could be Salt Lake City. So, you know, a lot of times folks um, moved away years ago and were living in these communities and then uh, they disappeared from those communities. So it's, it's so hard to get an accurate count on that. So, um, Positive Parker asked, yeah, from your opinion, what, what can they do to help all, all of us out here continue to raise awareness? Is that, is that one of the principles? What else would you guys BIA like to see? No, check on your family members, check on your friends. Um, if you know, a lot of these issues, you know, a lot of these missing persons cases and frankly, a lot of these homicide cases, the act itself, uh, you know, may happen, um, you know, at one point, but there's always a series of events that lead up to it. And, uh, you know, if you can get intervention before that, uh, that point when something bad happens, um, you know, you can have a positive outcome. You can keep something from like this that happens. Um, the other thing I would suggest is, uh, you know, spread the word, um, you know, share uh, the information that uh, Chris and I have given you in this podcast that, that Chris has posted in his podcast, uh, get that information out there. Um, in a lot of these cases, there are people that have information. There are people that know, um, and maybe they're reluctant to talk to us, um, you know, for whatever reason, um, or maybe they don't know what they saw. And so when they when they see the links, when they see the emails, you know, when they see the posters that are out there, uh, maybe something, some piece of information resonates with them and motivates them, or, or you know, jars a memory. You know, who knows? But. Uh, the more awareness that there is out there, I think, you know, the better. And then finally, um, you know, I guess another major piece of the awareness part of it is, you know, the more people talk about the work that's being done and it's not just us. And I don't, I don't want to make it sound like we're the only ones doing it. We're not, you know, 
there are a lot of great agencies, there are a lot of great people, a lot of great investigators in the country that are vested in this and that are working hard for it. Um, you know, that if we can get some of these other agencies to, to maybe know who we are and know who they are, you know, maybe we'll get better cooperation in the future. So are tribal police the first layer of LA on a reservation? A lot of times, yeah. That's yeah, a good question. On, That's a good question. Yeah, it depends on the reservation. Some of them, so like we mentioned, we have the BIA has some direct service programs. Um, so it's either the tribal police or us. Uh, if it's, you're in a 280 or self-governance state, it might be the tribal police or the you know the county sheriff's office or local police departments. But uh, yeah, there's uh, you know usually when we're talking Indian country, we're talking reservations, we're talking tribal police or BIA. Awesome. Let's see. Uh, share it on your social media platforms. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. It's uh, long overdue, long overdue. And this is why for the, uh, if you're just joining us again, Justin here uh, for the BIA, he is the regional agent in charge of the murder missing uh, unit. And, you know, the first, the first thing I know he would say and I'm going to put words in your mouth, is keep sharing this uh, and raise the awareness on social media. Social media has changed the game, uh, changed the game. So, uh, you know, please bring awareness. I mean, many people have suffered in silence, just like Missi Mississippi Girl has said here. Uh, and you, you've got a huge uh, shout out and thank you, buddy, uh, for that one. Um, you know, share this all on your social media uh, thing. So uh, JLo says, are the families of missing pushing Ellie for the cases to be solved or do they tend to give up hope because they feel no one cares? That's a great question. It's a great question. Uh, I, you know, I can't speak of all law enforcement in that regard. I know that there are some families that have been beyond frustrated with the response they've gotten from us in law enforcement. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not going to absolve the BIA of all total responsibility and make it sound like we've never messed up on these. You know, I think every law enforcement agency has to be frank. Yeah, every law enforcement agency right. ever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I I would say in my experience, the majority of the time, um, the family never gives up hope uh, or they don't give up trying. Right. I mean, I think at some point, maybe some of them uh, resign themselves to the fact that they know their loved one is you know, probably deceased. But they don't give up the hope of, of, of being reunited, at least, you know, being able to bring that 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 uh, person home and, and burying them with their family, with their ancestors. So uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a situation where the family's given up. It feels like a lot of, in a lot of cases, the family uh, remains re resolute in uh, bring some, bringing some kind of uh, uh, resolution to that case. And it may not always be the resolution that they want, um, but, you know, by and large, I'd say the families are, are committed 100% and definitely pushing law enforcement to uh, uh, to continue working these cases and to continue to try to solve these cases. So this was a this is a 10-year question for Manon. How many folks went missing? Let's say within the last 10 years, if you know. I don't know. I don't have I don't have an exact number. A lot, unfortunately, um, but I can't give you an exact number. Do you work with Cheyenne and Navajo nations? Yes. Yes. Uh, the that's one partnership we really, um, and, you know, my partner down in the South, Barry Oyema, he covers uh, uh, the South region, which includes Navajo Nation. Um, you know, I know he has uh, 
One of our agents is uh, is Navajo. She's a, a citizen of the Navajo Nation. Um, I love that. I love that yeah. gal. Yeah, she's she's good. She's smart. She's really smart. Really so smart. dedicated. Yeah, yeah, she's one of those ones we got to say, you know, you might want to take some time off. Uh, you know, you, you maybe go hang out with your family for a bit. No, she's great. Uh, we love having her in the unit. Um, but uh, you know, Barry and her have done um, some great work um, in uh, building those relationships with Navajo Nation, and there are a lot of cases that have unfortunately have come from Navajo. Uh, let's see here. Does every tribe have a liaison media for more coverage? That's a great I, question. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I guess I couldn't answer that for sure. Um, I know a lot of tribes do have uh, some type of public information person for that works for the tribe, works for tribal government. Um, but you know, I, I guess I don't really have a, a good answer for that. Sorry. That's okay. How's DNA playing into this? Um, you know. We work a lot with uh, Chris. You want to explain Namus to your to your folks? Um, Namus is, is a uh, the national missing unidentified unidentified. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. I'm tired. Uh, but Namus basically is a is an is an organization that uh, works with uh, law enforcement, works with families, um, and has a database of missing persons and unidentified remains. Right. And uh, it works as like a repository. So we get information um, on missing persons cases. We enter that information into NAMIS. NAMIS. Families enter, enter the information into NAMIS. So where we work with DNA probably the most as of right now uh, is with NAMIS. Um, we do a lot of familial DNA uh, searching um, where uh, we will get referred to missing persons case. Um, mostly with these, you know, We'll go to the family, um, either ourselves directly or, or law enforcement contact in that area. We'll go to the family. They'll get a uh, try to get the closest related person they can to to the to the missing person. Uh, get a DNA sample from them. Uh, send it off for yes. Thank you, Doctor Martin. Thank you. You're a lifesaver. Um, send that off to get a match. So then that will be in the Namus's database. Is that person's uh, familial DNA profile? Uh, and then if we get possible matches in the future, we find unidentified remains or we find someone that may be this person, um, we can take a DNA sample from them and send it in and then get a, uh, find out if it's, it's a relative of that person, if it's a match, whatever. It takes a little more work, uh, obviously, to get a positive identification. But um, that's probably where I would say we do the most work with DNA. Um, keep in mind, we've only been around for two years. So I anticipate that we're going to have uh, more opportunities in the future to uh, uh, maybe work, uh, you know, forensically uh, on some of the unsolved cases. Um, we just haven't had as many. There have been a few, but not as many opportunities to do that yet. So this is an interesting comment from Reed Deeply. Uh, there, folks weren't involved in the national census, and so it's kind of this enigma, right? I mean, the people just right. they don't exist. Right. So, yeah, that's uh, the census. Uh, you know, for those of us who grew up in any country, uh, we remember when people were walking around, knocking on the door, um, trying to do the census. Uh, you know, I, I really don't know how accurate the census is. I can tell you it's not not even probably 90 percent. Um, There's a lot of people that just didn't respond to the census. So the counts um, are always, you know, 
that's a joke on the reservation, right? Where I grew up, you know, they, they, they said there's about uh, 25,000 people that live on the reservation and everyone's like, nah, it's at least double that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. I wish more people participated in the census. So we had a more accurate uh, account, but I get it too. I understand, you know, people were a little leery of giving uh, their information to uh, people they don't know, um, especially in Indian country, given the history that uh, has existed there between the federal government and the tribes. But uh, um, yeah, it's, I would have to agree. It's, it's probably not the most accurate, but I know they try hard. Um, the census folks, they try really hard to try to get uh, as accurate account as they possibly can. Yeah, Yanni says that, uh, you know, there's a couple problems with folks leaving the res and, you know, never returning, right? That folks yeah. aren't just necessarily coming onto the res and and snatching people. But uh, you, you're you dealing with this on a national level. It's just not right. a regional level. So there are some existent or there are some cases where both of that is taking place, right? And even... You know, sometimes the tribal police are, you know, a little bit different, but uh, you guys all try to work, you know, connectively and try to keep right. things together. Right? Yeah, you know, obviously we're never, we, we are such a small agency. We would be uh, limited in, in our capabilities. We're limited in our capabilities. We'd be even more so, almost, I would say, ineffective if it weren't for the relationships that we can build, Right. Um, so we work hard with our tribal partners, um, you know, tribal law enforcement, they've got some great folks. They really do. And uh, in fact, a lot of times, uh, our, you know, our agents come from tribal law enforcement agencies. I started as a tribal officer. There are a lot of them that have started as a tribal officer and worked, uh, and eventually came over to the BIA. So, um, you know, we work hard with them. We share Intel with them. We get Intel from them. Um, you know, anytime there's an instance where we suspect foul play, uh, like kidnapping or whatnot, we, uh, we work with the FBI on those, we notify them. Um, and it happens. It, it does happen. Um, I have seen some comments here, people talking about uh, human trafficking. Um, of course, that, that occurs in Indian country. Uh, but uh, I've seen a few people talk about this, and I would have to agree. I think, you know, I couldn't give you a percentage, but a good portion of it is people leaving the reservation on their own um, you know, disappearing from the reservation or disappearing off the reservation, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, making some, some choices in their lives that, uh, you know, uh, and then they're not seen, you know, um, you know, we don't, that's the part, you know, is figuring out what happened and where are they, you know, and that's what we do. That's what we're here for. And right. some of those, this, we've had some successes where we found them. We were able to go find them and, and get them located and, and, uh, um, at least get them in contact with their family, if only temporarily, at least for that moment, their families knew that they were okay. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, it is it's it is a big issue. Um, and I don't mean to downplay those other instances because they definitely happen too, but uh, you know, that's probably a good number of our cases are like that. So bring everybody up to speed, Justin, real fast, because I've kept you for an hour now in 15 minutes. Uh, get, get, tell everybody your background real fast for the folks that have just joined us because folks come and go and uh, we've got some really great people here now. Uh, you know, tell everybody your background, what, what your team is doing and um, how it's kind of, uh, you know, came from Operation Lady Justice. Sure. So, uh, like Chris mentioned, I'm the regional agent in charge for the Bureau of Indian Affairs, Office of Justice Services, Missing and Murdered Unit. Um, 
I grew up uh, in Pine Ridge, South Dakota on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. I'm a member of the Oglala Sioux Tribe, the Oglala Lakota Nation. Um, I've been in law enforcement for close to 20 years now. Um, the bulk of that in investigations. Uh, when uh, Operation, Operation Lady Justice was formed uh, in uh, 2019 as part of an executive order to address uh, missing and, and murdered indigenous persons, uh, our unit was created. Um, and uh, at that time, the goal was to work with uh, the Operation Lady Justice in creating, um, I would say, a uh, multiple uh, like a, almost a multiple multidisciplinary team to review cases as they came in and staff them it was based off some research that had been done on how to work uh, cold case murders uh, in 2020 when uh, secretary holland came into office um, we and the operation lady justice went through some changes as well um, but we sort of uh, diversified our mission to also include missing persons cases. Now, we were looking at missing persons cases prior to this, but we weren't really getting involved with acute or fresh missing persons cases. Um, the bulk of the missing persons cases we worked at that time were uh, unsolved uh, or cold missing persons cases as well as, as cold homicides. So at that point, we went from the cold case unit to the missing and murder unit, which is what we are today. Um, and, uh, you know, as part of our, our duties working um, acute cases as well as uh, cold cases, um, you know, we've tried to do a better job of, of branching out and uh, building relationships, partnerships with other agencies, um, because, frankly, we know no agency can, can take that task on. Uh, without collaborating and cooperating uh, and communicating with uh, with uh, our law enforcement partners in other areas. So um, that's kind of the 30,000 foot view of, uh, of our unit. Um, you know, we've uh, been in, like I said, been in, in, in existence from 2000, since 2019, really been operational um, a little over two years, uh, but uh, we're growing. Um, we're hoping to add 20 more positions here soon, agent positions here soon. Um, and, you know, who knows where we go from there, but, uh, you know, we're not going anywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I like our future. I think, uh, you know, we've had some success early on and I think we're going to have a lot more success coming up. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, I just absolutely, uh, commend your boss, uh, BIA, the, your, you know, just the folks that, you know, finally somebody, you know, you know, well, what's really cool here, and I think uh, there's another piece here, that this information, folks, if you need to share this information, this is a huge problem, a huge problem. And Justin is just the tip of the spear. He, his team has been assembled for the first time uh, in history uh, from all the different tribes around uh, you know the the tribal reservations and 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 the Native American uh, people, who have finally come together. Everybody is coming together. They work together. Uh, we uh, I've had the honor uh, to be stand in front of them uh, and kind of you know guide some things. But you know they're they're doing it. And you know this guy right here that you're looking at right there. That guy is the leader. One of the leaders. Uh, his whole team is leaders. He's, he'll tell you that. Okay? But he's been selected to, you know, be the guy that's out there 
you know, making it happen. Um, and, you know, this is really, really important. You know, like read deeply here for an example. Uh, thank you so much. But yeah, for having Justin here, but, you know, it goes to Justin because, uh, and thank you for saying that, but really, uh, this is a huge issue here in North America and all of America. Uh, and, you know, these are, this is their land. This is, this belongs to, when, when you and I sat down, what was the first thing I said? This, I, I came from Europe. <laughs> you know, this, yeah. you're Sue, you're Sue. And you have an amazing story. I know you're not going to share it here, but at this, you know, and I wouldn't ask you in totality, but what Justin is doing is everybody is working together. And what we need to do now from a public's perspective is two things. We need to share this. We need to send amazing positive vibes to family. If you know somebody who knows something, let them share it. Uh, all the links are below to where they can report it anonymously. And Justin's guys. Uh, and then the other thing we know we need to do is if you have a relative in law enforcement and they're working in in conjunction with any of these reservations, you need to tell them to also continue to move forward in the right direction because this problem uh, needs to be uh, addressed on a very large, uh, in a very large way. And here is the, the support. Go ahead, Justin. I'm sorry I said too much. No, 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 that, uh, you're fine. Um, and it, thank you, Chris, uh, for the opportunity. Um, you know, I, I know when we talked about this the other day, I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to make this happen or not. Um, so I, I definitely want to thank um, you know, our leadership uh, for allowing us to do this, uh, for allowing us to take this opportunity, for the secretary's office for supporting us uh, and giving us the green light in doing this. Um, you know, and, and for your listeners for, for taking the time to, to watch and listen and, and uh, share. Um, thank you all so much. Uh, I know one of the things that you talk about is how we don't solve cases, the public solves cases, and that's 100% true, especially in cold cases. Uh, you know, we, we really truly do survive off of uh, information that we get from the public and the support we get from the public. So, and it means a lot, you know, the last couple of years have been hard, especially in law enforcement, any country has been no different. We, we, we all feel those that hurt. Uh, so, you know, to build those relationships and, and to feel that support again, uh, it's good. It helps build morale. And I know uh, my team, uh, you know, they're all shy. None of them want to, you know, talk about what they do, the great things they do. Um, so I'll do it for them. Um, they're phenomenal people, phenomenal agents, and uh, they deserve the support. And same with uh, the South Region folks. They're great people doing, you know, tremendous work, hard job. Uh, and they really, truly do sacrifice a lot uh, to, uh, to you know, try to bring resolution to these cases. And, uh, you know, uh, I know that uh, in our unit, we, we work hard to recognize them for that work. So, but uh, the support that they get from you all uh, and the things that they get from you all is, is, is amazing. It really is. Yeah, you're, you're we're very well said, my friend, very well said. And so here's a commitment from the interview room. Okay. I am gonna create a whole segment where I'm going to go to your website. I'm gonna start looking at some of those cases and I'm gonna start putting those uh, as a seg, you know, individual segments, 
And if you guys ever get jammed and you need information from the public without ever going over details of a case, you know that. Okay, because I, I, number one, I would never compromise, as you know me, you've, you've seen me in the classroom, okay? I will never compromise a case. However, I will always provide your team and anybody who needs a platform to communicate with the public uh, it, honestly and right in terms of information that is needed. If you guys ever want it to uh, come up here you know you're always in, in, invited. This is an open invitation. And then I'd love to get some of these other folks, you know, who are really deep into this these issues. Like I see Reed deeply here and others who are deep into this issue. Um, you know, I think it would be very cool to keep raising the awareness uh, on this. And, um, you know, the TIR is going to, we're going to take it to, you know, to that point. So... Uh, okay, so I have a I have a tradition, last tradition. I, you know, unfortunately, when I was a kid, no, I'm teasing. Uh, my dad was in the Marine Corps, and you know, he fought in World War II, Korea, and Vietnam, and we traveled all over the the country. Uh, but the majority of where we lived uh, was Hawaii, and so I have a closing song uh, where I, t you know, take everybody to Hawaii. But before we do that, okay, uh, I always give my guest, and that's you, okay, the final word. And so whatever comes to your heart, uh, it's just going to be you and the audience. And then when you're done, uh, I'm going to hit the uh, Hawaiian button. Show, um, hang on for a minute. So are you ready for the final word, buddy? I'm ready. Okay, it's all, it's all yours. Uh, again, thank all of you so much. Uh, you know, your encouragement has been awesome. I've been trying to keep up with the comments as they go. Um, I've seen a lot of people asking how they can support. You know, we're a federal agency, so uh, your tax dollars support us, uh, you know, and, and we try to be accountable to that. So, um, you know, if you wanted, if you want to uh, contribute, you know, your, your volunteer work for any of the... Uh, non-government organizations out there that are working with uh, MMIP groups, please, you know, feel free to do so. The biggest thing you can do for us uh, is, is spread the awareness, you know, um, you know, you see our, our website there, share that link with people, uh, you know, let's try to get that thing as far reaching as we possibly can. Um, and if you have any information, um, please, you know, um, you know, speak up, say something, um, share that information. You know, if it is involving uh, an MMIP case, more than welcome to reach out to us and talk to us. Uh, if not, get a hold of your local law enforcement. And one thing I would ask of all of you, um, the next cop you see, pat him on the back, tell him thank you, um, tell him you appreciate him. And uh, you know, it goes a long way. You know, all of us that have been in law enforcement, especially those of us who've been in for you know any amount of time, we can tell you well, we don't do it for thanks. We don't do it for you know awards, uh, congratulations, pats on the back. But it feels good and uh, it helps us. Uh, you know stay motivated and it reminds us of why we do the job. So thank you all so much. Um, you've been a great, amazing audience. And thank you, Chris, for this opportunity. We're so thankful for the chance to discuss our unit. Um, and we're real big fans of the work you do. So thank you all. Hard working every day. I'm stressed out. 
heaven, babe No, no timeouts Wish we could fly away You and I Go to our favorite place Oh, yeah, yeah Make special memories Together I'll be your company Facing away